0: The Wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat cause we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton we're on our
1: way back. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode two hundred and eighty-five. That's two eight five. It's the ES whoa Labs. Podcast, I'm your host Nathan Jr. delighted to be joined as ever by Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, I say, I, say, I say hello to everybody, hello to everybody apart from Andy Madley. <laughs> uh, um, how's it going my old chucker, you, uh, you are covered now from uh, the Newcastle weekend, I know you Um, I went, I went on the Saturday and came back late Sunday, you did it all in, the, all in a day, so that, that's a, as, as I'm sure a lot of the fans did as well. That's a hefty, hefty workload.
0: It really is. Um, well, you, you know, listeners of the podcast will remember last week that I said, oh, you know what, it's not too bad doing it in a day because Alex uh, Dickett at the Birmingham Mail is driving me. Yeah. Um, Thursday,
1: mm-hmm. right, I'm
0: on a day off. I've just got to the gym. There's no need. Just got to the gym. I think it was about half 11, 12. I'm setting the scene for you here. Yeah. Um, just about to get out of the car. Phone pings. It says Kino dot 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 from Alex yeah. Dick, and i that's not is, a good start. I'm thinking don't, this, don't, this this is not good.
1: When it flashes up and you've got that one line before you've opened it, that uh, uh, when it's saying your name and he's called you in a, a little bit of crack and dot dot dot. There's whatever you open after that, whether it's from your mate, your mum, your missus, your your. Ex girlfriend? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just not good situation, especially from the ex girlfriend. By the way, dot especially. dot dot. You don't you don't want that, do you? The mistress? It's not it's not it's not a good situation. What did it say?
0: Well, the first line of the second message was, "I've absolutely screwed you over here," or something along those lines.
1: Crikey, but, it's Good thing it's not from the mistress.
0: <laughs> I know, but I can't drive you. I'm moving job. <laughs> Can you believe it? Of all of all reasons to get out of driving me to Newcastle, the man the man has left covering Wolves to go to go cover another club. Was,
1: um, he must he must he must have gone to a big club then. If he's if he's left joining here, where did where did you leave to get out of um, driving you to Newcastle? Where's he gone? Um,
0: the basket case there's Birmingham City. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, come on, let's let's not look look. It's the it's the Birmingham Mail. So for for their yes. readership, you know, Blues are obviously a big. Um, a big part of their coverage. So, mm. um, look, I, I, we, we both got on really well with Alex, so we wish him all the best. He's a we great do, lad. We do, we do. He is He's a great cracking lad. lad. And, um, and hopefully, you know, he, he goes there and, uh, and well, I, I know he'll do just as well as he as he did covering Wolves. So, best of luck to him, obviously. But, I, you know, as 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 disappointed as I was to lose him because I was good friends with him, at the same time, I was more concerned about the fact that I wasn't going to lift.
1: <laughs> no, you, I mean, you text me, you text me, and you were like, you're not going to believe this. And it was literally like the world had fallen apart Alex can't take me on Saturday. He's leaving he's leaving the job, but he can't take me. It was more about you, 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 you and how are you gonna to get to Newcastle and, and, and not that a, a Wolfhampton Wanderers journalist was leaving to cover a different club. I mean it's astonishing. Well, astonishing. Sometimes
0: sometimes sometimes you've got to look after number one. Uh um, <laughs> you do, you do. And on this occasion, uh yeah, I was I was left a little bit high and dry. You no, know, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I, I set off earlier than I was planning to because I met up with you and we uh we had a lovely brunch
1: so <clears throat> oh we did can't we complain did. we had a lovely we had a lovely day i mean i was a bit more refreshed than you because stayed uh, I, I went on on the saturday i visited some friends and relatives in middlesbrough before Gave up to newcastle and uh, got myself into my hotel and did a little bit of work from the hotel room because obviously there were some you know rubbishy league 1 and league 2 games that we have to cover so i was doing that and then then wow. went to go and get a bit of dinner uh, went to the casino um played a little bit of poker was all going quite well um until a little old chinese lady took 140 quid off me about one in the morning which <laughs> i was fuming about um almost like she was didn't know what she was doing and then she's obviously there's some sort of card shark who's in there every single night so yeah that was me with my tail between my legs walking back to my hotel and oh mate i mean newcastle's a great city but it was, I know it was warm, warmer on the Saturday, but on the, on the, sorry on the Sunday, but on the Saturday night, it was freezing. I mean, it was sleet, it was snow, it was frigid. And I'm walking back and people who have been out in Newcastle will know that the, um, how can I put this, the fashion in <laughs> Newcastle, especially with the young ladies, is, it's almost like it was a, July, a balmy July summer's evening. It was ridiculous. And I'm walking back to my hotel and I'm in my North Face jacket and I am freezing my T-I-T-S off. I mean, I really am. I'm just head down. I've got I've got a red nose. I just want to get back. It's about a 15-minute walk. These girls, and guys, by the way, some short sleeve shirts as well, are just walking with no jacket, nothing. Back in the day, Kino, when I was a young buck, I'd have been like, oh, look at this, absolutely amazing. And now I'm like, can someone get these girls a jacket? Can someone, <laughs> can someone wrap these up and give them a blanket? I mean, goodness me, they're going to catch something. Which probably shows um, uh, the change in lifestyle that I've got these days. But um, absolutely astonishing, mate. Astonishing. But it was very nice. We definitely got um, we definitely got um, a nice night's sleep. And uh, I met you for brunch, which was lovely. We had a bit of a walk, a bit of a schlep. Um, but I thought we could stretch the legs. I must admit there was a funny incident in we went to Kiln, which was a lovely it was a pottery bar slash cafe and it was all delicious, all home cooked, um uh, fantastic food. Kino bless him. Orders the eggs Benedict and then orders forget he orders eggs and then orders an extra egg with the uh with the with the waiter. I I mean, It was hilarious. Believe, I can't actually believe it It was hilarious. This. Don't what? even don't even go there. What are you you had about?
0: what I you had what I would describe. As a senior citizen, moment, um, you really you really showed your age. I mean, obviously you've got your fifty fifth birthday coming up very soon, um, and uh, and you, you look down, and you go, yeah, I'll have the uh, I'll have the eggs royale, please, uh, w- with an egg. Excuse me.
1: Um, the guy looked at you like you had lost your mind. I'm so used to ordering avocado toast, Kino, with a, with an egg on top to get my protein kick. I forgot I was actually ordering eggs. So yes, it was a um... It was um, a, a disappointing and slightly embarrassing moment in the brunch affair that was one hour and forty-five minutes of sat down planning for the future. By the way, planning for the rest of the season. It was a more of a business lunch, but um, yeah, I did. Pardon the pun. Was left with egg on my face. Hey. Hey. if hey. it's a business lunch, does that mean that uh, expenses are picking up then? Well, I can, no, no. I will look after you. I, co- <laughs> I covered it. You know, I've got to look after. I mean, you know, we've got we've got more. Um, more issues with expenses to come, I'm sure, in the next few months. So I thought I'd uh, I'd eat that one up, mate. It was 48 pounds, £48 well spent. Well, I mean, forty eight pounds for my company. That sounds that sounds like a good deal. It's um, absolutely it's a win win. Saying that you weren't too keen on. Um, I tried to get you onto on the way to St James's. Walked into into Kiehl's and tried to get you on on board with the old facial moisturiser for forty nine pounds, and you weren't having any of it.
0: I mean, I, I do actually have my own uh, skincare routine. You'll be very happy to to know um, I won't be spending forty nine pounds on a moisturiser.
1: I but would spend that sense. on
0: a on a on a plethora, you know, two or three things together in, in a in a routine, but not on on one individual moisturiser. And obviously, you know, as I say, you're you're a ripe old age. You do need, <laughs> you do you do need you are you are windswept uh, <laughs> at the best uh... of times.
1: <laughs> it's a midnight recovery serum. It's beautiful. It just sits on like a cloud and it just seeps into your skin. Makes you look 10 years younger. It's working. <laughs> it is working. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. I mean, Christ. See, some of the other people we work with, I mean, weathered. Oh, weathered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Shall we uh, move on to um, uh, Newcastle 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. Uh, look, we've we discussed it on the analysis. Um, thank you very much for your nice comments. Um, myself and Liam, I, I think was um, had a fairly... Um, it was how can I describe it um passionate um analysis video I think after after the game and emotions were running high and to be honest I think that we both did a decent job of explaining exactly uh, and be honest about the game and the game itself which let's which, Newcastle were absolutely, without a question, the better side in those 90 minutes, 11 versus 11. They were, and they and they deserved to win, but that doesn't take into account, into consideration, what could have been, and that's the frustrating thing. Um, let's go into the good, the bad and the ugly, and I'm sure that we'll, we'll discuss about all the different um, incidents. But the good, not too much good on the day, I must admit. Um, Juan came off the bench and scored. Which I thought obviously was a was a bonus after him coming, you know, um, being fit fit enough to be on the bench. And I mean, this is I guess faint pray, praise. Because I don't think anyone really stood out to me. I would say Craig Dawson was probably the best on the day. Um, would you disagree, Liam? No, I think that's probably yeah.
0: Particularly the defenders, it's probably about right. I would say um, there's not there's not loads to choose
1: <laughs> Not a lot, is it? No, it's a bit barren. Uh, so we'll move on. We'll move on. But no, just I mean like Huang to get back in. You know, Lopetegui I think likes Huang, doesn't he? Um, he did, as, yeah. man, as as other managers have in the past as well, and you can understand it to a certain extent. And obviously, coming on, I think it was his first touch in the game. He'd only be on the pitch less than a minute uh, before he equalised, so that'll give him confidence going forward. By the way, doesn't doesn't alter the stat of a wolf striker not scoring because I don't think he's a you know he's a, he's a number nine Huang. I know he has been used there a couple of times in the past, but really he's one of those wide forwards, the Sarabias, the Netos, the Pedences, You know, he's one of those, and I think obviously gives the chance when Huang does start, and this is why Lopatigi likes him because when he does start, maybe let's say on the left, you can have a. A Rynai Nori, so to speak, I think on that left-hand side, because because Huang offers a bit more defensive protection, and yes, he's not going to be in the box all the time and and creating chances because he has got a little bit more um, of the, of that you know box to box about him and can track back, and I think that's why maybe with Huang coming back, that might actually help Rynai Nori in the next few games. Potentially getting a, a, a couple of starts. Yeah, I think so.
0: Um, yeah, on that point of the strikers, if anyone tries to claim that Huang's scoring means that that stat is uh, is wiped, then I think they've got another thing coming. He's definitely not a number nine. Um, to be fair, I haven't seen anyone try and claim that, but you never know. Some people might try and. not um, Patigi himself, maybe next time he's, we, we, we see him, might try and claim that, but there's no chance he's not. What are you going to
1: say, not Liam uh, Huang's scoring? But you're going to go, no, no, don't give me that. Don't give me that JLo son. He's not.
0: Not in those words. I'll go back with. I mean, he's not a number nine, so that obviously doesn't count. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> Please to be me, fair, you say I mean, that. mean, me, me and you don't think that Cunha's particularly a number nine, but he's played there true. consistently. So if he scores, uh, Costa scores, or Raul scores, that changes the. You know, that that's that's the, the striker scoring. But it hasn't happened yet. so We're still waiting. Col- Kalajic scores. Yeah, that won't be the season, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it might
1: look, be it might be the next time a, a striker scores. I'll, to be honest, it's right.
0: definitely possible. Um, yes, yeah, so, Huang Lopetigi likes him a lot. You could see that before his injury, the way uh, where he was picked almost every week, and and he, he gives the team shape. He brings others into play, he makes space for the for for teammates. Um, he's not the biggest goal threat, and he hasn't been really for what a year or so now. Um, but there's there's potential there and I, I do like Wayne. he works really really hard. I'm not um I'm not sure he's ever going to be the player that's going to get you 15 20 goals in a season but I think he he, he allows space for other players and I think that's and and the hard work aspect is really the biggest reason why Lopetegui likes him and other managers have as well. So I suspect he'll be in the starting 11 sooner rather than later once he's uh, once he's able to but coming back from from injury and scoring within seconds off the bench is a pretty Pretty good uh, start for him, so I'm pleased for him as well because he's he's a nice chap and, and you know you want him to you want him to do well. Um, I think him coming in, particularly with the way Johnny performed and, and as you alluded to, could pave the way for Ignor to start to start coming back in. I think he's been a little bit unlucky not to have got more minutes in the last few games. Saying that, he comes on and is nowhere to be seen for the winning goal um, on Sunday. So defensively was a little bit all over the place. It's um it was a difficult one to take really for, for a number of reasons and and I think we're we're dragging a positive out of it if we're being honest about yeah. uh about Huang. But we've got to, we've got to take something purely for this segment, <laughs> if not yeah, for anything else.
1: Yeah we do look uh, you know Craig Dawson I think everybody will agree that he's been an excellent signing and it will be integral going forward into this survival battle that is, you know, uh, the Premier League between now and the end of the season. So Great. And we've said it before, Liam, you know, talk about leaders and, and potential of Ruben Neves leaving in the summer, which I think is everybody knows it, is more likely than not, unfortunately, is, um, is the fact that Craig Dawson's got to be up there with a chance of, of captaining this side next season.
0: I think so. I think he's up there. I think um, another name which we haven't really mentioned, because I know we both said Dawson uh, recently, I think Lamina would be up there because um, since we spoke about that previously uh, up until this point, I have sort of spoke to a lot more people around the club and, and sort mm-hmm. of got, got a feel for the impact of some of these signings. And Lamina's had a really big impact, actually. Uh, we've spoken about Bentley and other players like that who've had a big impact in the dressing room just by not playing. Um, Lamina's a big one. I didn't think he played particularly well against Newcastle, but on the pitch as a whole, he's done well. And off the pitch, I think there's a bit more of a maturity to him now because there's... There's, you, you know, you don't, you haven't really heard a lot of great references of him as a person from his Southampton days, and I think immaturity, maybe a bit of cockiness crept in. Obviously, he was at Juventus before that, has been at we're, big describing,
1: we're describing, we describing it now, Lamina or Keane. There's no need for that. This
0: is, this a disgrace. Um, but I've heard a lot of good things. Genuinely, you know, he's really liked around the squad. He's loud, big in the dressing room, big character. He's grown up a bit, so I think. The, the timing for him to arrive at Wolves has been really good as well. So I think Lamina's a, ge- a genuine option. Whether he's a obviously he's on a two and is it two and a half year deal, I think off the top of my head, whether he's on a you know he's gonna be a long term Wolves player, I don't know. Yeah, so whether that impacts whether he's gonna really be captain material. Um, How old do you
1: say it was? Is he 29?
0: 29, 29, yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's right. So that's one thing that I think you'd throw into the mix, but. I think he's. I think he's in with a shout. Dawson, obviously, with his, his experience, I think is an obvious one. So you know, Wolves are in a better position, I think, in terms of replacing that leadership once Neves does eventually move on, which you know, is likely to be the summer. So they're in a better place than they definitely were in the summer, at least anyway.
1: Yeah. So we'll go onto the bad. I mean, look, I did have Lamina in there. I mean, I know you mentioned that. I think that's fa- that's fair enough. It, it just, I think, because it was compared to the excellence that he has, you know, shown on. On more than three or four occasions, I think he's he is integral. So he did he was a bit sloppy, I think, with his passing and uh, didn't quite have the the impact that we needed him to have against Newcastle. So that was a, that was a, a reason why you know they they kind of got a foothold in the game. I think you need Lamina to be at his best in those games. Just in front of that. That back four, unfortunately, wasn't. And, and Johnny was the other one, really. Um, again, I thought he had a poor first half. Mm. Uh, got pushed and pulled around. I know a few people are saying that Isak like, pushed him for the goal, but you've got to be stronger in that position when you're, when you're defending. And I, I think he's been a fantastic servant to this football club, Johnny. But if you're sitting down at the end of the season, you're looking at... Fullbacks for next year, and I know Johnny helps because he can play on the left hand side and the right hand side. And you do look at the left back options, and it's a bit green in the in the case of youngsters. You haven't got a lot of experience there. You've got quality in in Bueno and Nori and, and Giles potentially if he comes back, and Samado's future, I guess, is a little bit up in the air. I think he's going to sign that new deal, um, or, or they'll trigger that new contract, that two year deal with the club. But so there is not a lot of experience, however. Um, I don't know Liam, I'm not sure whether Johnny is um, is. I wouldn't want him starting week in, week out for me at the moment, he just doesn't look to be the type of player, or the type of player that we know and love um, from previous seasons and I know there's a lot of caveats to do why that is the case, but didn't have a good game on Sunday for me. No, there's a lot of players that
0: are. it feels like are coming towards the natural end of their cycle at Wolves and I think he's in that group for me. Um Nice guy, good character, liked around the squad. Obviously had terrible look with injuries in the last few years, but has not looked the same player this season at all. Ironically, he was better back end of last season when he came back from that second ACL than he has been this season, and and there's been no injury this season. So, um, yeah, hasn't looked comfortable. Um, And first half, to be honest, it was a disastrous first half. I mean, the amount of times... Hoofing the ball into the air, giving it away, cheap throw-ins, cheap free kicks. Obviously, the, the goal you mentioned, Essex goal. So it's not been good for him. Um, there's been small moments here and there, but overall, he's he, he struggled. And um, I think for me, he'd be one I would look to move on. Whether you can whether you can do that or not, I don't know. Because you, you know you've got to have some interest. He's still under contract, so you'd imagine a European team would, would have some interest in him. Probably back to Spain again. Um, but Wolves also, and Wolves do need to bring the numbers down, so they'll you know, they be looking to move a couple on and, and obviously some contracts ending, players like Nunes and Neves possibly moving. So they will, there will be movement on players heading out of the club. Um, they've got to try and find a solution there with him. It may be one that they, they keep and run the contract down, keep him as a squad player, wouldn't surprise me as well. But I think Wolves should probably try and recoup a little bit of cash and, and move on, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, gone to the days he's a first team regular, is that right? Would you say? Yeah, term?
0: yeah. I look. I think he, he offers something to be in and around the squad and be an option. Um, I wouldn't want him starting every week at this point. I really wouldn't. I, I think you look. Know, he like he will have good games. Like, you know, he may start against against Leeds at the weekend and be brilliant. You know, and if he is, I'll I'll give him the praise he deserves because he, he's clearly a very good player and has been a very good servant for Wolves, as you say. But the consistency is a big problem at the moment. Um, has looked really, really, he's struggling with his confidence, I think. It's, it's obvious he, he, he's looked weak in tackles, mm-hmm. even scared at, at moments in possession. Very erratic, um, and that's, yeah. We, we can't forget the first half of the season before the World Cup as well, when he was easily Wolves' worst player of the season so far. And, and he's, even though he's been out of the limelight a bit in the last few weeks, only come in recently, he's not really improved on that. So it's not, it's not been a good year for him so far.
1: And that's the good, that's the bad, the ugly, Andy Madley. Uh, I'll just leave it there. But um, <laughs> look, I mean, it still um, it still boils me to think about that moment. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it again. I've seen it three or four times. And anyone who says that that's not a penalty is absolutely deluded. Most people do. Um, we did, the Nationals did, the locals did, the Newcastle fans did, the Newcastle Pundits did, the famous celebrities who support the club thought it. Um, and it's uh, it's an outrageous decision. Uh, Andy Madley is at the other end of the pitch. He can't see anything, really. Um, or oh, it's So far in the distance, he's obviously left it to VAR. VAR have absolutely bottled the decision. They've both bottled the decision. It was Nick Pope's first game back from his suspension. And he should have been sent off again and would have had a four to five game ban. Um, it's completely intentional. He's mis—he's um, completely mishandled the ball. And missed, you know, obviously, it's gone straight off his leg. Um, he knows he's in a world of trouble. He knows that Jimenez is there, who I thought has anticipated the ball very, very well. Um, and they've been robbed wolves. And it's, it's not the first time. It's not the second time. It's not the third time. And maybe I wouldn't have been as strong on this after the game, but the fact is, is that it seems to me, Liam, and I can't remember one that has gone for Wolves. Every single key decision is going against them when it is down to VAR or down to the referee, and that's what's kind of a bit soul destroying at this moment in time. These aren't decisions when Wolves are two nil ahead or three nil down. These are massive moments in games that are dictating the uh, the result at the end of the day, and and that's I think is what what um, is is angering the fans, the club, the players, and and us. I mean, what, what what can I add to that? <laughs>
0: I mean, spot on. Um, I I don't like VAR. I've said I've made it very clear. Um, I'll continue with that. I think there is a there is scope to improve it. There is scope to improve the communication. They've made some strides with the communication, at, albeit at Newcastle on Sunday it was dreadful. There was nothing in the stadium to suggest they were even looking at it at all, and and caused a lot of confusion for anyone watching in person um, so that part of it is I think they need a lot of work doing still but what I don't understand is this sort of mantra if you will from from Howard Webb at the PGMO where they are trying to have less of an input with VAR, they're trying to go with referee on field decisions more often than not But I don't understand that thought process because to me the point of VAR is to overturn clear and obvious, is how they phrase it, clear and obvious mistakes. Now, you can go down a rabbit hole about talking about how clear and obvious in in itself can be subjective and people people have different opinions on different incidents and how are you actually going to make an impact with the technology. But when you have something like that, which I think 99% of people from what I've seen say it's an absolute stonewall penalty. You will have the people, and I've seen a couple who, you know, try and make excuses, try and try and claim, you know, if you if you slow it down to, you know, the, the, the tiniest frame, uh, you know, <laughs> going at not half speed and watch Jimenez's right shoulder, you can't even see Jimenez's right shoulder in, in any of the angles of, of it that we've got anyway. So I think it's absolutely pointless some of the uh, the excuses that that are coming out. It is a penalty. It is probably a red card. The only thing I would Um, caveat with that and I only changed my mind on this having seen Dermot Gallagher's um, analysis of it where he said we have to decide if it's a penalty or not first and then look at the red card and and the angles you need to look for the red card are different because you need to depend on the trajectory of the ball whether he's going to get to the ball etc so that may change it it may be a yellow I do think it probably is a red but I think you know leave that as a slight grey area but the biggest problem is the Wolves have not been given that penalty in the first instance which then leaves the decision for a red card open to be decided And somehow, VAR has gone right. The man who is 60 metres away from the incident, the man who clearly has not got a good view of it, the man who clearly has decided right at home, you know, it's a loud, intimidating atmosphere. I can't really tell from my angle whether it's a penalty or not. I'll play it safe, I'm not going to give it. The fact that VAR doesn't look at that and think, well, we should at least give it, you know, the time of day, and have a a proper, in-depth look at it. Now, that I'm slightly contradicting myself because I don't like the fact that VAR takes so long to make decisions, etc., etc., but with what we have now, the technology we've got, look at the incident properly, take your time with it, and make a decision. It took all of 10, 15, 20 seconds. The only reason we waited for the game to restart is because Neves was injured, and all of a sudden we're back playing again. I think it was an awful decision. It really was, and it was a decision uh, that was rushed
1: and a decision that was bottled. Um, it's I mean there's no there's no comeback is there I mean you know the, have it hasn't. who who visited uh, Compton Park recently because uh, Loperty wanted an explanation of so many decisions that are going against them and it seemed to be a decent enough meeting but I'm past the I don't really care I don't really care whether there's a letter going in or a letter coming back or an apology or a phone call I'm not going to change the result is it and I think you know everybody's everybody's just had enough you know the fans have had enough Liam and it's almost speaking to them after the game, you know, whether they were on camera, or off camera. and I'm always happy to to chat to people, not too long, because I've still got a job to do and get back in the stadium to interview you. So, you know, if I'm a bit antsy, it's because I've got to uh, got to start filming. But everyone, it's not anger anymore; it's just disappointment. It's they're just fed up. They're, there's a few people that I spoke to, and they're just falling out of love of of not just you know wolves, but watching football because. You know, you look at their point of view, Liam, and, you know, we're lucky enough to do this as a job, and we get paid for it, and we're going to have good days and bad days. As our fans. Fans know what they're doing. They know they're travelling up and down the length and breadth of the country. And, um, you know, it it costs a hell of a lot of money. But when you're continually disappointed um, with decisions that are just so, so, so straightforward, you wonder, why, why would you go again? You know, if your family of four yesterday, on Sunday, sorry... You know, it's 40 quid a ticket, maybe 30 quid for, for kids or 20 quid for ticket tic, for kids. That's like, you know, so you're looking at £120 before your day's even started. You've got to get up at the crack of dawn because you've got to get up. You've got a four-hour drive there. You've got five hours at the game. You've got four hours back. You know, a 13, 14-hour day, probably 16 with stops, and then you're eating. You've got a service station. You've got some food at the ground. You're looking at a £250 day, probably, the best part, £250 quid. And you've come back and you think you get back at home at midnight. One what time did you get back? I got back at about half past twelve. Are you about midnight, yeah, one o'clock? Yeah, about the same, yeah. One o'clock in the morning after that day, and the kids have got to be up for school the next day, and you sit down and you've got to be up for work at eight o'clock or seven o'clock, and you think, Why do I bother? Why do I bother when I can't even watch a game between two teams that's going to be a fair result? Because you because other people are spoiling it, who are sat three or four hundred miles away. And to be honest, I can't fault them. I honestly can't fault them, and that's that. I think is the gut wrench at this moment in time that they've gone from angry, where decisions, of course, if there was no VR, there would be angry decisions because there's going to be human error. But they've gone from that just to like why well, you know it's almost like they've given up, and and it's just such a sad situation to see it to see it draining. And look, it's it could have massive repercussions at the end of the season for Wolves. I still don't think it will, but you can understand why they're absolutely I've had I've had, had enough really. Well, I mean, football is a working-class game, isn't it? And Wolves
0: are one of many clubs and communities where the fans work hard for their money every single week. There are plenty, plenty of Wolves fans that work hard 10-, 12-hour days every day working towards that Saturday 3 o'clock or whatever whatever time the game is. And to have it ruined like that, I, I completely agree with you, and I'll reiterate it again. Newcastle, the better team, deserve to win. Fine. But at nil-nil, that first half—that's a massive decision that changes that game. And the fans spend so much money to follow their team, and it gets ruined by something that should, with the with the technology they've got, should be quite easy to re- to to rectify. It should be so simple. It was a stone wall penalty and probably red card. Uh, it's honestly astonishing. Um, it will have uh, it will have an impact on Wolves whether. They stay up or not? I, I agree with you. I don't think it will. It will cause a massive, um, massive problem by the end of the season. I think they'll still be fine, but it will cause an impact because Wolves in the next last couple of days will be annoyed, frustrated. They'll be having conversations with the people at the PGMOL. But at the end of the day, nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing probably will change because the individuals and the collective uh, of officials who, of course, do a very difficult job, but there's no real accountability they you know there's no interviews there's no uh, statements there's no public admission or very rarely a public admission that they've done anything wrong um and the scary thing is that we're not really surprised when the next massive massive mistake comes along because it will happen again how many times has it happened this season just to wolves and wolves are not the only club it's happened to plenty That in itself is far too many, but it will happen again. It will probably happen again before the end of the season and we we won't be surprised. We'll be frustrated, but we won't be surprised. And that, for me, is the biggest worry because you've got, and I've mentioned this on the video as well, you've got individuals who are known for being pretty poor officials when they were working in the Premier League, who are now part of the hierarchy and part of the teaching and the training. Apart from having physically refereed these games at the top level, what what on these what is it on these people's CVs that means that they deserve those
1: jobs? Absolutely, they
0: they they made mistake after mistake after mistake every single week in in the highest level. And be
1: sacked wouldn't you in your jobs? It's honestly
0: incredible. How many times could the same people be rewarded for being incompetent? These people are not good enough. They're weak characters mm-hmm. and they get away with it every single week. It's it's incredible. Oh, look, I also have sympathy. I would not want to do that job. I'm sure I would make mistakes. But there's no there's no accountability. There's no system to rectify these errors. Even if it means... Obviously, you can't go back retrospectively and go back and say, right, well, that, that means it's a Wolves' three points, a Wolves' win. Of course, you can't do that. But you've got to have something where these... Officials, individuals are retrained, are punished in some way. I don't know what the answer is, to be honest, and people above me will make those decisions, but my God, there's got to be something done about it.
1: Yeah, well said, Liam. Um, look, just on the, on the, I guess, moving away from that slightly, um, what Wolves did do is they kept in the game somehow after that first half, and they equalised. Look, Wolves made some changes, didn't they? They made plenty of changes. I think they made was, was, was triple substitution at one point, and then... And then Huang scores, and then very quickly afterwards, Nathan Collins came on. Now, Lopatigi's kind of held his hands up after that game, which is, um, he's always been fair and honest. Uh, didn't work, did it, this time? Lop- he's, I feel like over the, on the whole, Lopetegui has, has made some cracking substitutions or tactical changes and tweaks during games in the last two to three months, but uh, it didn't work really this time, did it? No, I think, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for what he
0: has done previously, but I think it's a... It's a mistake um, bringing Collins on. And that's not because of the player. And, and Lopatigi said the same as well. He said it's nothing to do with the player as an individual. It's just I, I don't think I should have made that that call at the time. Wolves were arguably on top of uh, in that point in the game. Probably their best spell of the game. Um, I think they probably would have been fine with a four still. But I can understand the reasoning behind bringing Collins on, trying to shore it up. A point would have been a very good point. Um, but doing that as well as already having Aitnori on the pitch he obviously is a very good wing back and I don't do rate him there but he is very forward thinking wolves got very they got caught up they got muddled kilman i think stepped out of position dawson stepped out as well at a time when there were players around him that could have that could have done that job and um you look at it, sort of the back five and where each player was in the position they were in for the moment when almirón received the ball and collins and and, and samedo are deeper playing on side the others are further up. 8 No, he's not even on the pitcher because he's probably in Newcastle's half still. They were all over the place. So um, they lost a bit of the momentum. They allowed Newcastle on the ball and away back into the game. And at that point, dragging yourself back in at 1-1, you you have to take a point home at that point. And, and for, from Wolves' point of view, they'll, they'll regret that. And it's poor, really. Um, Wolves are better than that. And they have to take a point at that point in the game because you, you can't allow the game to get away from you. And once... They scored that winner as well in what was it eighty seventy nine eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. Wolves never looked close to to equalising again. Um, the, the closest they came was a, a corner at the very end of added time, and even that came to nothing. So it was disappointing because Wolves should really they had, they had a point in their laps and they should have taken it.
1: I mean, astonishingly, like it was. I think what what. <laughs> Added insult to injury was the amount of results that went. Four Wolves last weekend went against them this weekend. It started, I mean, it was started with flipping Liverpool somehow losing to Bournemouth one nil, which is just astonishing, really. And you know, I do, I, I don't think Bournemouth will finish above Wolves, so you know. But at the same time, um, it's still annoying when, when you know he could beat Man United seven nil, then go to Bournemouth and lose one nil. It's just typical, really. Almost as as surprising is that Wolves are still 13th after this weekend with everybody winning so they are still they haven't changed in position but of course from the, that gap not just from from 18th to well the 18th to 13th gap where Wolves are is 3 points and the gap between bottom and, and 13th is just 5 points so it's incredibly tight um, where do you see it Liam? I mean look there are points away from 12th but it doesn't that's kind of a bit of a, a false door isn't it because from Crystal Palace down to Southampton, everyone is in this relegation battle at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, what I said on the the newsletter this morning as well. I think for Wolves, it's, it's going to be a battle right to the end. Now they might get through, you know, Everton penultimate game of the season, Everton at home. They, they might be safe by that point, and we, I mean, I think we both hope they are. Um, mm-hmm. That would be very painful to sit through that game. Um, so it might not be quite literally to the last kick of of, of the season, but it's going to go down. Very close. I mean, Wolves are are unlikely, and I hope they do, but unlikely to to break away and be six, seven, eight, nine points clear in the next few games. Look, if they win the next two, that that'll put them in a great position, and they probably will be all but safe, if, if that's safe enough yeah. to say. But yeah, they'll be safe. I think so, but at the same time, you know, Wolves are going to lose games. They, they're they're mm-hmm. going to have peaks and they're going to have troughs in this season from now until the end of May. And I think you've just got to stay as balanced as you, as you possibly can because beating Spurs was brilliant on a high, and you, coming out of the the loss on Sunday to Newcastle, of course you're going to feel low. But you have to realise the Wolves are still in a very good position. Wolves were bottom when Lapatigi came in; they're in a much better position than they were. Um, it's, it's similar to beating Liverpool and then beating Southampton and then losing to Bournemouth. It, it's going to be like that from now till the end of May: ups and downs, and you have to try and stay level-headed and steady. Which I think Lapatigi, you know, he uses those kind of uh, cliche phrases quite a lot and that's sort of the, the messages he brings across so I think he will keep the players in check um, and, and he's going to have to because they, they need to get through these next couple of months months uh, which is going to be difficult but I think they'll be fine I think they'll do it
1: Yeah um, look and they've obviously them and Everton have played a game more than everybody else so Forest, Leicester West Ham, Bournemouth Leeds and Southampton have all got a game In hand on them now. Look, a lot of those teams will lose the games anyway, but at the same time, you know, it's 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 going to be it's going to be tight. Like you say, Liam, it's not going to be there's not going to be a point in the next, I would say, three to four games where we're going to be relaxing. It's going to come down to those last two to three games, and hopefully they will be safe with a couple of games to go. But they're not going to be um, they're not going to see daylight in the next three or four. Of course, being leads on Saturday would be would be huge. You know, that would be seven points between the two the two clubs with. Less than ten games to play, and when you know Leeds, if they do beat them, have only won five games all season. That's those are the kind of massive games that make a big deal and will, you know, structure the where they finish at the end of the season. If they can beat Forest as well, I mean, goodness me, like you say, I think those are two. It's almost like double whammies, aren't they? they that's why they're called six pointers because that's what separates the meat from the chaff. Yeah, absolutely, they're, they're two massive games. It will put Wolves
0: in a really great. Uh, position by winning both them. I think, as you said in the newsletter yesterday as well, four points would be a pretty decent return as well. Because um, I think going away to Forest in that second game, um, which of course is a week in between with the international break as well, will be uh, will still be difficult. You know, it, it, it's a good atmosphere uh, down at Forest, and of course there is the added spice of uh, of Morgan gibbs boy and everything from the cup game. So um, I suspect I suspect Wolves will get two good results, and I do hope so. And it'll put them in a, in a much healthier position. They won't pull away, but they'll be they'll be working towards that. And if they can save all of our <laughs> our heartache for that Everton
1: game and keep and keep our blood pressure down, that'll be ideal. And then they can start planning for next season. Look, already, even though uh, we've still got plenty of games left, there is talk and transfer talk going into uh, next summer. And the one person who was on the list. I think, in January. Uh, Lopati likes him a lot. Is Alex Scott. Uh, what's the, the situation with him and um, whether he, he could potentially be at Wolves play next season?
0: Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Um, this obviously came out was it, uh, last week, wasn't it? Um, John Percy at The, at the Telegraph uh, got it out there. Uh, fair play to him. I will add that <laughs> this sounds this sounds almost um like I'm covering my own back here i actually i actually had the story and he beat me to it so fair play to him Look, you know john's a great guy so there's no issues obviously but uh, that's, it's that's
1: not what, not what he said last week oh shut up come on uh,
0: that's just the game you know obviously you know there's there's lots of very good um, journalists uh, covering covering wolves and, and and trying to find these kind of stories out so um, there's some bad there's some bad ones too but carry
1: on <laughs> there's no need not not john john's top drawer but there's some shockers as well but carry that's on shocking. Come on. Um, So yeah, fair play to
0: him, and and obviously got he got it out there. But um, but yeah, um, Alex Scott is a is a midfielder, nineteen year old midfielder. He's he's one that they they looked at in January, but it was never really going to happen, mainly because of the finances involved. Um, So. I think it was Webster that Bristol City sold to Brighton. I think it was around 23, if a memory serving me right, 23 yeah. million. Yeah, um, 23, just
1: over 23. Yeah,
0: and, and I think from their point of view, they obviously there's a lot of clubs looking at Scott, and um, from Bristol's point of view, they would like him to be their next uh, record sale. Webster was at the time when he went... So they're looking at around the 25 million mark. I know Nigel Pearson has been asked publicly about it, the manager, I've been asked recently about it, and he said, all it'd have to be more than 25. Of course, the manager's going to say something like that, you know, put those kind of messages out there. Um, But they're going to be demanding, you know, a pretty hefty fee. And and Wolves in January, it was not something they were going to be able to pursue at the time. Um, But they're very, very keen on on the player. Um, As far as I understand it as well, um, and albeit, look, there are a lot of other clubs involved. A lot of other Premier League clubs that like him. I think Spurs and Everton have been mentioned. There's a few other rumours as well. Um, but as far as I understand it, the player likes Wolves. Would be keen on the move to Wolves. Um, it's whether they can make it happen and whether you know another club turns his head. If a club like Spurs comes in, you can understand why he might why he might choose to go there. But I think Wolves are in a fairly promising position with this one. It just depends if they can they can make it work. And that's also from Wolves' point of view, financially as well, because they're going to have to um, offset some players going out, you know, have the right kind of money to bring players in. They, they need to balance the books a little bit. Um, but look at you know Matinho potentially moving on. Let's say he does, for example, the wages they'd be saving there. They, they'd they have not only wages, which would be less for Scott than it would be for Matinho but also have money available to, to make that purchase. So there's ways they can work around it and make it happen. And, and I think they're very keen on doing it. Um, I know. I know the, the the report from the Telegraph was around 20. That obviously seems more realistic from Wolves' point of view. But whether Bristol would would accept that or not is another thing. Um, but he's a very exciting player. Um, he's a player that, that Wolves and their scouting department had um, had looked at, offered sort of offered him or suggested him to Lapatigi. And as far as I'm aware, um, the manager absolutely loves him I and mean, is really keen to bring him in. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Wolves can can do with that one. He's, he's a He's more of a 10, 8 to 10 kind of player. Can play as an inside forward as well. So he's more of a forward-thinking midfielder. Um, You would imagine the position the Matini has been playing recently as well. It does feel like more of a like-for-like. A lot younger, as I say. Homegrown, which helps Wolves in terms of their squad as well. Um, England Youth International. There's a lot of promising signs here with a player who's been, frankly, tearing it up in the Championship. He's been one of the best players there. So um, if Wolves could do that kind of deal it would be great obviously for for the player and for the club but also a nice change in tact for wolves who haven't really gone for some of the most promising and biggest championship players in in years gone by they've always gone abroad and i think it's a it's a market they can tap into a lot more and if they do the deal i think it would um, i think it'd be nothing but nothing but a success i mean it's a great club for him to to learn
1: his trade at as well yeah, look, you can understand to a certain extent why they haven't tapped into that market. Of course, you're paying a premium for English talent, aren't you? Especially someone when they've, they've done so well in the Championship, uh, the the lower league club will want to be compensated to the absolute max. That's going to be key for them. Um, I assume that if they're going to spend that kind of money, Liam, and I know, you know offset with certain players potentially leaving or, or player sales, but he'll come in as a as a starter, you'd say, well, wouldn't
0: you? what, I mean, he's he's got to be certainly fighting for that starting position. Look, whether he, he's still young, so whether he he comes in and 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 every you know every week week in week out starts every game. I don't know. Maybe he'll build up to that, um, but I think he'd be a player that would be would be in that conversation definitely. And he have got a lot, you know got a lot of other midfielders there as well. Jao you know, Gomez is one to to mention. Uh, Lamina, obviously, you'd, you'd expect him to still be at the club. Nunes depends on what happens, but you know his long contract may be with Wolves still there's um, still no guarantee that he definitely will leave so um, so yeah there, there's there's competition there as well but he's a player that I think Wolves are very very keen to uh, to bring in and I think for, in the summer the competition's going to be really high obviously but the summer is their opportunity to make it work they've just got to beat the competition and also make it work financially for them so there's a there's a couple of hurdles yet but, uh, but Wolves want to, want to get it done if they can
1: If and look Wolves are not shy in getting deals done straight after the season's finished like instantly and I think that's when maybe why they might like you say they're looking after him they're looking at him and um, hopefully he wants to come here that they can get that deal done before we're even talking about and there's no distractions of World Cups or European Championships this summer if they can go and get that deal sealed before anybody else is sniffing around and before you know two or three or four weeks before um, it already starts to heat up then that would be perfect wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so because you want to you want to get there early, don't you? And, and look at the the deal they did for Mateus Cunha, a very mm-hmm. different deal, very different yeah. player, but Wolves got in there exceptionally early because I've I'll, I'll repeated this a few times, but Leeds and Everton were two clubs, and I know other clubs I'm sure would have been interested as well. They were two clubs that were fairly confident they were going to sign him, mm-hmm. um, and Wolves got in there early and probably overpaid, but they they got in there early to bring the player in that was. Genuinely, Lopetegui's number one target, and they got him. So, work early. And I know, look, you know, Matt Hobbs has has mentioned this in quotes and and stories recently. But and this is obvious, and it's it's an open secret, everyone knows. But clubs work so far ahead; they'll be working even for the January window coming up at the end of um, back end of this or sorry mid mid, uh, next season. So, um, they work really far ahead in terms of uh, windows and, and making signings and making moves. So. They'll be, they'll be working on this one in the background. Um, you know, you've got Dan Bentley as well. Who arrived at Wolves from Bristol. Who is going to know the player? Um, you know, he'll be able to say good things, and it may help Wolves' cause. So, you yeah, know, they're in a fairly good position, I would say. But it just depends on what the competition's going to be. Because if it is, if it is a team like Spurs or a team on that level, Wolves may be in a in a slightly weaker position.
1: We shall see. I mean, if they did do that within the first couple of weeks of next season, I'd be absolutely buzzing. And then you can just sit back, you can stick the kettle on and you can just have a lovely cup of tea, just knowing that it's a job well done. And I'll tell you what, Liam, if you want to stick that kettle on, you can buy it at kettleandtoasterman.co.uk, <laughs> baby. I'm just looking at the, I'm glancing the kettle section as we speak. Um, is there a plane near you, Kino, or are you just about to, uh, about to get on to a little, a little skydive? No, I, that was quite loud, wasn't it? It's just it's just
0: passed by in sunny sunny Warwick, um, but no, I, I'm still here with you.
1: Is it is it Rosie upstairs, mate? Is it is she, um... <laughs> mate? That is, that
0: is shocking from you. Um,
1: no, 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 home alone, mate. <laughs> home alone. First. Get the get, get the toy map out, mate. Uh, get them. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Look, great kettles. And have you? Can you click on the kettle section now? Have you got your little laptop out? Go to kettleskettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Let me get it up. Let me get it up. Bear with me. That name again, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Have a look at the kettle section. Yeah, have a look, have a look. Right, I'm on the website, products. Look at the first four kettles. They look incredible. All four of them look incredible. All different shapes, sizes, colours. The one that the one that gets me going, gets my juices flowing, Kino, is number three, the Tower Fast Rapid Boil. It's pure glass, and you can see the water bubbling and boiling, it's see-through. It's a different colour. I think it looks super sexy. What do you reckon? Uh, of those first few, that would
0: be the, my choice as well. I, I did think you might go for the um, the tower glitz, uh, the, mm. the pink <laughs> one, but I, you obviously you obviously didn't fancy that.
1: Well, this the, the the tower the tower ten holds a little bit more, so I'm thinking I was going to use I was going to use um, I like I like to have a double coffee sometimes. Sometimes when I come to this podcast, I have two coffees ready to go because that's how much energy you take out of me I have to keep on drinking 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 to oh, keep up welcome. with you. Um £25 mate £25 and it's a fast, or rapid boil. Do you know what that means? It's quick to it's quick. It's quick baby. It's quick. <laughs> it's a bit like you, where's Rosie again? Um, so £25. Russell Harbor's Buckingham Quiet Boil. Um, so if you don't want to hear any of it, if you don't want to listen to any of it, then oh, it's ready to nice. go. £25. Cheap Some people chicken. say Some people have said that um, I need a quiet quiet mouse here. I don't know. You can't hear that, can you? (laughs) Yeah, not at all. Oh i tell you I'm what, clicking... I, think,
0: I forget the person who tweeted that, but very quickly, that was a very funny tweet. because They said, I thought uh, Judah was sending us a message in Morse code. <laughs> Just get was, me out of here. Please help.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I've got, I've got a bit of a loud, I guess, <laughs> a little bit of a loud mouse, and um, I've got like 20 tabs open when I'm doing these podcasts with all different facts and figures on it, et etc., so that's why. But um, but yeah, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Go and get a kettle today. If you have got a product from kettleandtoasterman.co.uk... Let us know what it is. Send a picture and I'll, I'll try and send you a mug. I'm, I can't guarantee it because someone else wore a mug too and Keno, you've still got to get me that mug from the office because I don't go in the office anymore. Can you get it for me, please? Uh, that's a good point, yeah. I've got a reminder on my phone at some point. Uh, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it, don't worry. Someone someone got the first goal score, I think, at Fulham so I do owe him a, a, a programme, a team sheet and a mug so we're just waiting on your mug, Keno. So thank you very much for that. Competitions, footballprizes.co.uk the latest uh, for Wolverhampton Wanderers is, Kino, how would you like a multi sign custom framed, I, I know we've done this before and we quite like it, a football boot? Well, I'll tell you what, a boot is one of the, especially in the 3D frames, one of the best things mm. you can get framed, I think. They look brilliant. Signed by Raul Jimenez, Ryan Ike Nori, Daniel Pedence, Huang Hee Chan and Nelson Semedo. It's it's like a luminous orange boot, and it looks incredible. Incredible. 57 tickets sold. It closes tomorrow, does it? Let's have a look. Yes, it closes tomorrow. Um, so 92 tickets available. Do you know how much it's going to cost you? £3.95. pence. And it's not even going to cost you that, because you're going to put Wolf's Poddy into the discount code and get yourself a 10%, 10% discount, £3.95, which means how much discount do you get, Kino? 10% off £3.95. Uh, oh God, Keno, Come on, mate, please help me out here. Come on, <clears throat> 10, I, can't, I can't. What's ten percent of three pound ninety-five, mate? I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> oh my God! Right. I oh my go. God. Let's 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 work this out, Liam. Look at look. At, I know it should be obvious, but I just my very brain doesn't work, man. I can't do maths. Right. Let's take it as three hundred ninety-five. Okay, then just use the decimal place. Can you just tell me, please? Okay, three pound ninety-five. Where'd you put the dot normally? If you're gonna, if you're gonna write out three pounds ninety-five, in between the three and the nine. Okay, let's move that dot, Liam. Liam Keane, from Year One across. And let's move it between the nine and the five. What do you get now? Thirty-nine point five. Right, and then if you take the pound sign off, and then you move that pound sign, and you move it across to the end, and you put a P there. What do you reckon oh, it is? Oh, I was going to say 39p, but I wasn't sure if that was right or not. Well, it's not. It's 39.5p, but there's no halves. But you get uh, basically get 40p off a ticket. So £3.95, oh, make it £3.55. It's a deal. Uh, and that was your maths lesson, Liam Keane, this week. Congratulations. Very, very good. Shall we take some questions? It's a bit easier for you than, than maths, isn't it? Yeah, to, I need something a bit more uh, calming. Okay. Brad says, By the way, before we start with the questions... And I can't believe I've forgotten this already. There are two, not one, but two Wolves podcasts this week. We're going to do one today, which is Tuesday. I'll be putting the second one out on Friday. There's a lot of questions that are coming in at this moment in time. And we're getting down to the nitty gritty of this season. So when we can, it won't be every single week, but when we can, and this week's one, and I think next week is another, because we don't want to miss out a lot of your questions, because there's so many good ones and we have to miss them out because we haven't got time each week, we thought, Liam... Let's give the peeps what they want and let's put a second podcast in, which is going to be 90% of it is basically going to be a mailbag show and trying to get out all those questions that you've got. So we really do value questions. If you don't answer them at the start of the week, then tune in back end of the week and I'm almost certain that we'll get to it. Uh, So thank you very much. Um, There'll be a few questions this week and like I say, on Friday we'll have a mailbag show, which will be a bit of a shorter show, but we'll be able to get through all of the questions then. Perfect. OK, Bradders. Yeah, Bradders says, Neves, for me, wasn't his usual self on Sunday and it seemed very conservative. I think avoiding this 10th yellow is playing on his mind. Is it a possibility, the lesser evil for him, to, just to get the booking, get the ban out of the way sooner rather than later, rather than him tiptoeing through games? Yeah, I can, I can see the uh, the thought process. Um... Was withdrawn, Liam. Um, some people say injury. Some people think it was because he was um, still, didn't get booked in the game. What would you say? I mean he took a few knocks during the game, but i don't think he was i don't think he was injured i mean it was
0: it was, you know during the game that he came off and he you know he, he walked off fine so i think he seemed okay um I, I think for me it was fairly obvious that you know they don't want him to get a booking um and to uh, to keep him for for leads coming up obviously i asked lotggy about that and he's insistent that that's not the case but i i think it's um i think i think he's been a l li- uh, yeah a little bit coy, a little bit coy though. yeah a little <laughs> bit coy to be honest i don't I think um, I think it's pretty obvious they want to keep him for for the Leeds game. So, um, no, my luck, he'll end up being injured now. But I, um, yeah, I think I can see I can see that the reasoning behind the question. Um, he wasn't as as influential as usual, but I thought he, he got around the pitch pretty well and 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 looked after the ball when he had it. Um, I don't think he'll be playing on his mind a little bit. You know, he'll be aware of it, but I don't think it's necessarily holding him back maybe getting out of the way would be great but equally last season he you know he went 8 games in the same situation without picking up mm-hmm. a single booking and avoided mm-hmm.
1: the ban so i think he's more than capable of getting through without without uh, without getting booked alex johnson says you have 50 million pounds to spend on the forward line in the summer do you go all out and sign a top top number 9 for 50 million or spread it across the front three to improve the forward unit what makes the biggest difference to our goals scored column good question it's it is a good question um, I mean, we're very much talking hypotheticals here because I think,
0: in terms of what money Wars are going to have to spend and etc., I don't think they'll be spending 50 million on, on a single player. Um, but let's talk hypothetically for a moment. Um, they obviously need a number nine, um, but that, they may have it already. Kalajic is going to come back from injury. Fabio Silva may be coming back, um, so they might not. And also, for a player that's going to cost 50 million as a striker. The kind of players that would cost that in that position, are Wolves going to be able to make that kind of purchase? Are they going to be able to attract that kind of player? I don't know. I would think it would be better served to be spread across a couple of players. Um, And I think for me, creating chances is bigger than just signing an out-and-out number nine. I think they've got players there that can score goals. They just don't create anywhere near enough chances and they don't get players close enough to the number nine. I think I did a piece recently when they went past the, the year mark and, um, and you look at the expected goals for Wolf strikers and it is exceptionally low for the amount of games they've played. And that in itself, that once that proves that they've not had the quality of chances to score
1: goals. Dom Rust says, along the theme of press boxes, uh, what is it like when journalists from the Nationals are around and often seem to be the big six bias? Uh, linked to this? Which journalists from the Nationals do you rate? Well, I mean, it's time for Judah to slag off all of our colleagues. Then I
0: think that's what, <laughs> that's, that's what you were waiting for. Um, well, I'll, I'll answer the second bit first about the the ones I rate. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. We've got a really good uh, patch. That's a sort of industry term. Um, we've got a really good patch in, in, in covering wolves and sort of Westminers in general. I get on really well with with all all of the guys and uh, and gals that, uh, that that cover the clubs locally. Um, so i I've not really got a bad word to say about anyone um and um and I think i'll have to i, I don't i don't really i don't think I could really pick anyone out because they've got a lot of great yeah. a great guy a, a a lot of great journalists across all of the clubs, and I don't think it's fair to sort of single anyone out um so that in, in, in itself is, uh, is is all positive um I can understand where you're coming from but it's an interesting thing with the the big six sort of bias you mentioned because someone tweeted me and I didn't hear it myself, so I'm taking this person by their word, but someone tweeted me to say they heard a bulletin on BBC 5 Live and it said um, it came to the United game and it talked about the Casemiro red card and controversy, etc. And then it talked about Newcastle Wolves and didn't mention anything about the VAR controversy and just said Newcastle picked up a good win, etc., etc., how well they play, kind of thing. Now, that to me is just, I don't think it's an intentional bias. I think it's just people, uh, especially at, a national level, and if they're not sort of West Midlands based, which a lot of you know, some people are, but a lot of them aren't, there is a tendency to go towards the clubs that generate more interest for them and their audiences, and that is going to be the United's, the Liverpool's, the Cities, so it's not. I, I don't think it's it's not ideal. It's not great. I think Wolves deserve more than that. But that's why people like me and Steve Maley and Alex until he left <laughs> are here. You know, we're, we're the guys who just cover Wolves. Um, that's why we're here because we're here to give that kind of coverage. So um, I can understand the why it's frustrating, and you're right to think that. But you know, hopefully the rest of us are doing a, a good enough job to to give the coverage that's needed.
1: Yeah, um, it just get a bit clicky. I think. Um to a certain extent with the Nationals um, and it can do, especially with the big six clubs. But to be honest, Liam, and you probably maybe thought the same, but when I was at Sky or, or Satanta or I, you know, I, was, I was in work experience and I'm walking to these press conferences 10, 15 years ago, you're like, oh, whoa, there's A and there's B and I read all their stuff and they're amazing. And then you walk in there now and don't really notice them to be honest, because like you say, we do, a I think a decent job of going in depth with Wolves coverage. And to be to, to be honest, there's certain journalists there nationally who do concentrate on the big six clubs, who don't really know what's going on with Wolves, and yet they're asked to comment on them. And I'll tell you what they do is, from a research point of view, is what they'll do is they'll go to the Express and Star, they'll go and listen to this podcast, they'll go and listen to or, or read what you've written, and then that's basically their research done. And that's, I think, a sad indictment really of the amount of coverage that sometimes wolves get at a national level. I'm not saying everybody is like that, but I know for a fact, I know for a fact that there's quite a few who will come up from London or come up from these so-called big clubs and big newspapers, and they will do that. One person I know who doesn't do that, and I think, you know, you can you said you don't want to single anyone, or I will, because I think he's absolutely superb at his job and also incredibly humble. Whenever I've seen him, for probably the best of the bunch, and that's Henry Winter of the Times. I think he's brilliant. I think he's an excellent writer. I think he's bang on on points, and he's one of the people why they're the very best of the profession in the United Kingdom. Because those are the people who, you know, whether it's you know Manchester City or or Bournemouth, he will go and he will say it straight down the middle, and um, he won't show any favouritism whatsoever. And that's why he's great at his job. So yeah, I'll give I'll give some Henry some props there, even though he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. no well, no, I mean he, he's very rarely sort of wolves focus is he so i
0: don't think he will listen but for a second when you were describing all those those you know all those lovely adjectives to describe henry i thought you were gonna talking to me for a second i thought oh you know, humble brilliant wow
1: um <laughs> did you say handsome as well i think you said that, oh, that was bad, mate well. it was all that all that all that and above mate i mean you're you're just you're just you're just above all that mate you're just above i mean you, you're you're basically a living and walking god I mean, you said it. Can someone click that up, please, and send it over? I'll <laughs> put it on the sound box. Sound it's got to be box. done. <laughs> oh dear, I love it. Um, right, let's have a look. Uh, there is one question before we go. All the people who haven't got it, tune in on Friday, and we'll be going through all of these tweets, I promise you. Let me just find it. Uh, no, I can't find it. Where was it? It was from the Wolfpack. Oh, here we go. Um, Matthias Cunha has uploaded an Instagram video two hours ago. This is three o'clock on, on Monday. And his foot ankle is in a cast support. Is this an old video or has he hurt himself? Maybe the reason he wasn't subbed on. Was a bit a bit surprising really the way he didn't get on the pitch, you'd have thought this this is the you know, transfer record forward, five substitutes used, Liam, and you know, they've lost the game to one and and Mateus Cuny didn't come on the pitch, so were you a bit surprised about that and maybe just explain the whole situation with the foot and um, his Instagram post as well, please?
0: Yeah, a little bit surprised he didn't come on because he you know, he was warming up um, fairly intently and um, was looking over at the bench and I think hoping he was going to get a, a chance to come on. Um, so yeah, a little bit surprised. I, you know, I can see if you look at each individual change, the reasons why those players were chosen, but you'd imagine with particularly with Raoul on the pitch, maybe Kuni would have been an option when Wolves were, were chasing the game still. But, you know, he likes Wang, as we've already discussed, and, and he was chosen ahead of him. Um, yeah, the, the, the Instagram, so it was a, yeah, he reposted it. was a, a friend of his or someone like that had posted it to their story and he reposted it to his own story. And as soon as you do that, it's, you know, it worries people, obviously. Um, so the first thing I'll say is going to worry people. It's not a old video. It is a recent video. Um, so that's going to worry people, but I'm here to calm you down, hopefully, um, so obviously he picked up that bad, bad injury at Fulham, uh, ankle injury, well, what they feared was a bad injury when he was stretched off, turned out he was fine, missed one game, wasn't it, um, so it's to do with that, he's, man- he's having to manage the the injury, basically, having to manage the, the load, sort of take the load off the ankle um, at times and, and just manage it, he should be fine they're not expecting him to be out injured they're expecting him to still be fine for saturday provided obviously there's no issues the rest of this week um so it looks worse than it is but it's just sort of managing the the load on the ankle and um and as you, as i say he was you know he was in the squad newcastle was warming up i saw him on the sidelines he looked fine so i would imagine unless there's no issues the rest of this week he'll be fine for,
1: for fine for the weekend against leeds Good to know. Well, let's move on to Leeds then. Just an absolute massive game, and we talk about six pointers. You talk about um, maybe they're a little bit too early in the season, and was was Bournemouth won, or you know was you know there's two or three of the bigger games, you know three or four, five, six games ago with the six pointers. For me, Liam, this is probably the first with everything that went on last weekend and this weekend. This is a bit of a six pointer for me. <laughs> M- oh, whoa, bless me. you. Crikey. Bloody. You that's just the- hit me. Just come through the microphone, man. I'm wiping it off my
0: face. I did turn away from the mic as best I can, but that's, I think that's the first time I've ever sneezed on a podcast. So that is is—that anyway,
1: is the milestone. <laughs> Note that
0: down somewhere.
1: <laughs> Everyone's absolutely felt it. You've absolutely killed people's ears there Or the volume up on Max, mate. Well, I mean, normally
0: normally there's, a, uh, there's two, so I'll... <laughs> Let's hope I can hold the second in.
1: No, haven't seen the mute button. Then you've been doing this for a year and a half on your microphone. No? I'll be honest
0: with you, it, it, it snuck up on me. I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was attempting to get across to uh, a t- the tab to, to mute, and it didn't didn't work.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> I, was, I, I was, I was, was interrupted. Uh, but basically, it's a six pointer for me. Um, maybe more for Leeds than it is for Wolves, but I think it is for Wolves as well. They need to. Well, they can't get beat. That's for certain. But for me, they need to really take advantage of the home crowd of Molyneux put in a, a better performance than they have done recently and, and get three points if they could get three points against Leeds on Saturday night fans will be going away happy the players will and hopefully will be looking to to better things I, I'm, I'd am i be shocked if results are exactly the same as what they were this weekend people are going to start losing and that gap will look a lot better come five o'clock on Saturday afternoon where do you see uh, what do you see the, the kind of game plan for this game Liam um, of course look, Leeds had a good result 2-2 at home against Brighton um came back from came back twice in that game. So uh Catrick Bamford's back for them as well. But from a Wolver's point of view, how'd you win this game? What would you do to change it? Is Cunya's availability going to be key? And also Pablo Sarabia, who missed the game with a slight heel injury, doesn't look too um too bad. Would would he come back into play as well here?
0: Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I hope that that Srabi, as you say, won't be um, won't be serious or anything along those lines. So he he, he very well may come back in. But um, working off the assumption that he doesn't, um, you would imagine there's a couple of changes. I think there's been a, a bit of a theme with Matino away from home starting and starting in that ten role. Uh, I don't particularly agree with it. I don't particularly like it. But that has been a, a bit of a theme. I'd be surprised if he started at home to Leeds. I really would. Um, and looking at the way Leeds set up, you know, normally a four-two-three-one. A um, Bamford in, and of course, is a is a is, he is a threat, but he hasn't been on it this season. You'd trust him to find the form against Wolves, but um, but you, I think you have to look at him as a as a threat, but a threat that you can isolate, particularly as a standalone number nine. And Wolves defensively, I think, with pretty big, strong defenders like Kilman and, and Dawson, who I imagine will keep their place. Should be able to deal with him. I I I would back them to deal with him. I really would. The problem is the players around him. You know, Aronson, Somerville, Harrison. Um, I don't know how to pronounce. it. Is it Nonto? It's a silent G? I think. Um, Just be careful for that young lad. But I really like him. By the way, I think he's a Wilfred Nonto. That's how. That's how I'm going to go. For. I'm going to. I'm going to pronounce it like that. And I, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Okay. Um, I really like him though. I think he's a. I think he's a really electric, exciting player. I think whether he starts or is on the bench, he was he was on the bench for for the game against Brighton. I think he makes an impact. Um, surprisingly, Weston McKenney was on the bench um, for, for their game against Brighton. I would suspect he'll start again. You've got a player like Sinistera who's on the bench who may be sort of calling out for a for a start. So, um, albeit they're not in, they're not in the best of positions at the moment. Leeds, and a little bit. Uh, up and down with with results and performances um they've got dangerous players um dangerous players going forward um what I do think is I do think they can be got at defensively um and for that reason I I would suspect Wolves don't match up 4-2-3-1 I suspect they probably go 4-3-3 with Nunes being recalled potentially with the scope of moving that to the 4-4-2 with Nunes going out to the left again allowing Whoever it is uh, in the front three, whether it's maybe a Huang or a Cunha to move centrally alongside Jimenez, um, who I would I would expect to keep his place. Um, and if I'm honest, I think he probably gives a start to Neto again. Um, it'd be a toss up between a couple of them. Obviously, Adama's in the in, in the conversation. Pedence, who I think left you know, flattered uh, to deceive a little bit against Newcastle. Um, Neto did okay second half. I think he'd, he'd be an option. I think if I was to put my 11 to you now on Tuesday, I don't know, my, my opinion might change, but I think I'll go 4 3 3. Saar in goal. The same back four, but 8 Nori in for Johnny. So Johnny, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, it's made on the right, 8 Nori in, and then Dawson and Kilman. Agreed. Lamina, Neves, and Nunes. Agreed. And then Neto, Jimenez. And I think I will go, I think I'll go Hwang. Mm. I think he, I think he might go Huang. It's it's a, it is a toss up. I mean, it's close, but I think he might do that. So um, the good news is the Wolves have got a lot of options. You know we've got Cunha, Pedes, Adama, options in midfield as well. Jal Gomez has not had a lot of minutes recently. There are options, but I think that's probably more likely than not where where will go down. Or at least my opinion, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting. One. I'm going to change it slightly. I think I think you're bang on. I think a lot will depend on the fitness of Sarabia. I think he likes Sarabia. I think Sarabia would have started. I think if he's good to go, I think he starts. And I would say it would be Sarabia, Jimenez, and I'm going to say hmm, if he's going to go out norway, then I think Huang. I think you're right, Huang, on that left-hand side for protection. I would like to go Sarabia, Neto, uh, Raúl. I mean we both know like we said last week, we'd love to see Cunya and Raul together, but I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. I think we both agreed that Prudentius wasn't on again. Um I think it's probably one of those and then I, I do agree. I think you you, you want a Damatrari coming on at home in those last sixty minutes of the games, if you're not winning it then then really go for the last half an hour. Um and you've got Cunya to come on as well. So I would say it's a combination of those. But look it's a game regardless of who what what, what picks that they should be looking to win. Um and they should be winning. Uh, saying that, we'll do the predictions and we'll see what your um, your prediction is for for a little bit of a, a little bit of a competition prize. So I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers two, Leeds United one. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay. Well, we'll take
0: that. I'm going to go close. Give the prize first. Prize oh.
1: first, please. But before
0: we actually do that, I'm assuming it's, mm. is it my Prediction: You're not taking the mantle off me this
1: week. No, no, no. Your prediction: you get to go again and you've got to choose the prize again. I've done pretty well this season, I'll be honest. You've done well, you've done well. That's done well. Considering my first season, I don't think I got any, did I? (laughs) No, you were horrific. (laughs) Horrific.
0: Um, The prize, the prize, the prize, the prize. Let's go. Hmm. I don't know. Is this possible with your connections? Go on, let me have a look.
1: Ah. Oh, Bugger it. Let's go Castor Hoodie. All right.
0: Castor ca- Hoodie. We're going Castor Hoodie. I will go Wolves 2.
1: Okay. Come on, Keenan. Come on. Don't, don't do this to me. Nil. Wee! Let's have it. we will take it. Let's have it, son. Let's have it. Um, Gotta hope so, baby. I hope so. Um, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. How long are we on this? Are we after an hour? One hour, ten minutes, goodness me. I said it was an hour, it's 17 minutes later. Um, Thank you very much, Liam. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Remember, there'll be a second podcast in the week on Friday, which will be a mailbag spectacular uh, Friday afternoon that should land. Maybe even Friday morning if we can get it out. But from me, from Liam, have a great weekend. Fingers crossed. We'll see you at least on Saturday. Three points, baby. Take care. Bye-bye. Because we're on the
0: attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. Hands and we're on our way back